0: Welcome to the shows, Greg McBride and Mike Long, and let's dive right in, Mike. We had a USDA report, or uh, shall we say, four USDA reports last week, and they did they did move the markets. Uh, everything on the U.S. side was was seemed to be bearish. Everything on the world side seemed to be bullish, and. All of a sudden the markets have, uh, have backed off. We've seen uh, uh, beans drop about 40 to 50 cents off uh, in the last uh, uh, three or four sessions. You've seen corn back off. Uh, we did finish uh, uh, to start this week higher uh, we, for corn and wheat. Uh, that wheat is extremely strong or was extremely strong today. Let's get right into that. What is going on in this wheat market and what should we be watching for?
1: A lot of the sweet market has a couple of things going for it. One, you got this whole Russia-Ukraine issue that's very present, has been very present, and just looks to be on a teetering point. Uh, Then you got inflation numbers that came out uh, at 7% for the month of December. You have technically a good base that was built off the 100-day moving average uh, for the Chicago contract last week, and Definitely bounced off of it very well this week. Uh, So you have a few things going for it, but a lot of it is more macro in scale than it is micro. It's not something that we're seeing a lot of extremely bullish things on our balance sheet as much as we're seeing a lot of potential on the world stage for problems and whether it be the financial market and what the Fed could possibly do or whether it be the Russia-Ukraine tensions that keep growing.
0: How much of uh, what we saw today could be also uh, linked or or maybe it doesn't have anything to do with it, but uh, seeing that China offered up uh, uh, an auction of uh, a certain amount of uh, their their uh, strategic reserves uh, of wheat and it sold 100% of that. Uh, is, would that be anything to get the market excited, You know, getting getting us to the point of possibly thinking maybe they need to be buying uh, U.S. wheat or just wheat in general to refill those uh, reserves? Or is, it, is one auction not going to be uh, uh, enough to move the needle there?
1: Well, when you throw in the mix of everything else we have, I'm sure it's a variable. You got name wheat tied to it and it's bullish and you had all these other inputs and variables coming in the mix. So yeah, you have to assume it had something to do with it. Because mm-hmm. uh, again, on more macro and scale, if they're selling stockpiles, they need to replenish them at some point. So whether it be from Russia or Australia or us or Argentina or wherever it is, there is going to need to be some kind of buying uh, to replenish those.
0: Let's get into those uh, USDA numbers, uh, especially let's talk uh, uh, wheat to kick things off since we've already uh, gone down that road. Um, higher acres uh, than expected, uh, I believe. Uh, what's, uh, what's your take on what we got out of, uh, out of the USDA for, uh, for wheat uh, last week?
1: Uh, really, we didn't see a whole lot out of them we saw acres which was not what was expected but at this point it's I don't want to put too much weight on what the USDA has to say because we really haven't been trading what the USDA has been telling us for a good long while now so while it was a report that was unexpected I don't think it really had too much weight to do with what's going on which is wheat is this crop that is more macro and scale that it's traded it's going to be more linked to the world supply and demand. And right now that's really going to be what we're watching uh, right now is that world stage picture.
0: Okay. Now let's, uh, let's talk uh, specific to the corn uh, USDA uh, uh, decreased uh, ending stocks or not ending stocks, decreased the, uh, the, the export demand number for the U S side of things uh, by 75 million bushels, kind of a, sup- a surprise there. We've been talking about this for a while that the uh, corn demand has been very good, uh, at least uh, ahead of pace for what we expect to do by the end of the marketing year. Uh, And then they make this change where they lower the export demand, which uh, kind of in turn uh, uh, actually uh, increases our our ending stocks by much more than expected. We were looking for a minor decrease. We got an increase of about uh, 50 million uh, bushels. What uh, what do we have to take away from that? Uh, Is there, I mean, I know that, uh, Brazil and Argentina are still looking at record uh, production numbers um, but that's that's a ways down the road. I mean they're just barely starting to harvest down in Brazil so they don't it's not like they have corn ready to ship.
1: Yeah, but it comes down to the fact of yes we have a good export program right now, but then you dive into the numbers and you have a lot of outstanding sales things have not been shipped especially for china who has a very good amount of outstanding sales that are yet to be shipped and that's most likely where the usc is coming into play if china really needed it if they really wanted it why is it still sitting waiting to be shipped why have they not taken it yet so right now they have it on the books and they have Mm -hmm. ideas hedged that if something does happen okay we have sales that have already been made and we can take shipment on those, but until we absolutely need it, we'll just keep it on the books. We'll have that in our back pocket just in case. And I think that's a lot with USDA is looking at is we have outstanding and it's not shipped and we have logistics issues and you have a record crop as of right now in South America. So Mm -hmm. until we see demands, not just bought but also taken uh ownership of it's it's at this point it's just a yeah we're we're we'll take it but maybe not maybe so and haven't really put too much reliance on China sticking to sales in the past so why start now?
0: Sure. No, and and one of the other things that uh that we gotta look at here is you know you, the USA uh adjusted uh, Brazil's uh, uh, Corn production by down by three million uh, tons, but they only dropped Argentina uh, by a half a million tons. I think the expectation was for a million or a million plus. Um, but as you as you go through and you start to to look at some of these things here with like respect to uh, to corn, you know we look at uh, we look at the the money coming into this market, and uh, you know the funds continue to hold this huge. Uh, long position. Uh, it's like, uh, I think it was 320, 340,000 uh, uh, contracts uh, as of last Tuesday, they did drop off about 21,000. But what, I mean, we're only 17 cents off of the the recent highs that we put in, I think uh, right after Christmas or right uh, right before Christmas. So the market isn't really taking that uh, too badly to see them drop, uh, drop con- uh, contracts. Is this a situation where, you know, and I don't want you to get too far into the, into the inflation conversation, but is this a situation where the funds just have, they have money that they need to be pushing into positions and they're saying, you know what, with the input situation, with the way that the inflation is going, that we need to, we need to just continue to, to holding or or bolstering this, uh, this long position in the corn market.
1: Yeah, at this point, they've just really been holding it. They've been adjusting it by 10, 20 back and forth uh, per week, but in the grand scheme of things, really haven't been doing anything. And they seem more than content to hold on to this as of right now. So it really just goes to show that they don't really care at this point to reduce or add to their position until they get a next round of evidence, whether it be seeing what the Fed has to do on – interest rates and what that has to affect inflation numbers, or if the U.S. situation becomes more bullish, if there is weather problems, whatever it may be. But right now they seem more than content to just hold their corn. And at this point, seemingly potentially start to build a beam position, even at the level we're currently sitting at.
0: Right. Well, and, and you, you talk about uh, weather uh, and, you know, we've, we've gone over this, uh, this past uh, three to three to five weeks, three to four weeks, whatever it was, with um, Southern Brazil uh, being hot and dry, and Argentina drying out and seeing uh, seeing extreme heat uh, as well. And just in the last, uh, say, you know, uh, five days, we've seen rains start to fall in some of those areas that need it the most, and it continues to be in that forecast uh, moving forward. Um, is this a situation where? You know, we may see uh, we may see you know Argentina uh, prop back up, maybe get that half a million tons back, or or um, is this something that uh, you know is it is what we've seen uh, irreversible and we're just going to stabilize the crop?
1: Those are great questions, Greg, and I wish I was an agronomist and I could give you more of a real good detailed answer but as of right now we just have to think of it from a market standpoint of it has stabilized what we're seeing and at this point it's just not getting worse as long as the rains keep falling so that's going to be the most I can give you I hate trading weather I think it's one of the most confusing things because some years you have a ton of rain and you have a poor yields or like this last year, you have a very stressed crop and it comes in at the last second and Iowa has just this incredible yield. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's a fun one, but it's just not something that I can really go too in depth on and what it actually does on the agronomy side. And I would love it if, if our listeners do know a really good agronomist and someone that you think is really knowledgeable Love to talk to them on the show so that way we can really get a better picture about what the actual genetics have been able to do and everything in regards there. So if you guys do know anyone, please feel free to reach out and give us a name. Let us know. We'd love to expand our, our reach there and really enter more of the community and have more conversations with experts that really do know the background of the seed and why it does what it does at different times. Mm-hmm very good. Uh
0: all right, well let's uh let's uh, close things out with uh talking about the uh, the bean market. Uh, like I mentioned earlier, beans uh I think dropped uh, 40 cents last week. Uh, we started out uh, on the defensive this week. I think we finished about mid-range uh today down about uh, 8 or 9 cents. Um back down to 1360 after uh topping out uh around that 14 uh, 1415 area last week. Um on this report that we had last week, Mike, we saw uh, ending stocks were roughly exactly where the USDA or where analysts thought it was going to be. They increased ending stocks by uh, 10 million uh, 10 million bushels. We saw a slight increase in uh, in yield. Um, any surprises uh, uh, as we look, as you look at the balance sheets, or you look at the production numbers uh, out of the U.S. or even out of Brazil and Argentina? Anything uh, that that kind of surprised you uh, from the USDA last week?
1: Not entirely. It was really just a reminder of where we're at and where we could be, and really just giving us an idea that it is more than just straight or micro fundamentals right now of individual markets. It is more broad-based and there's a lot more to it than just this is what the balance sheet is showing us. This is what fundamentals suggests, And there's a lot of variables on the table right now that you got to sift through. So looking at these price actions, looking at these various levels of support and really diving into where we are currently sitting and where we could sit from here is going to be big. So Mm -hmm. if you guys, I mean, really, wants a good look into what we have coming up and what prices could mean, not just from a fundamental standpoint, but also from a uh, technical standpoint, make sure you guys sign up for a conference that's coming up next week. It's going to be fully recorded. So you can go back, listen to it multiple times, make sure you're diving deep into what it is we're saying and being able to take notes, re-listen, especially with how easily uh, it is to gloss over some terms, being able to pause, look it up and then come back to it. it's going to be invaluable. So make sure you guys take a look at our conference, get signed up for uh, January 26th, and get all the information for this upcoming year.
0: All right, Mike. Well, let's uh, let's close things out. That was a great, uh, a great plug for the uh, for the conference. Um, we uh, still haven't decided uh, whether or not we're going to have a, a, a podcast for next week with the conference and all that stuff and recording and whatnot, but uh, we'll keep everybody posted. I'm sure we can put something together. Um, really, honestly, the biggest thing that uh, that we have to uh, uh, to deal with here moving forward is getting people on this conference and uh, continuing to uh, to be. Uh, diligent about what we're doing from a marketing standpoint uh, with these prices. We still have uh, a great opportunity out there. So uh, keep in touch with, uh, with us over here at Allendale and uh, give us a call if you have any questions. 800-262-7538.